Tantra is a very advanced Mahayana practice, which is aimed at the goal of enlightenment in order to be of best benefit to everyone. So it's working with our uh, Buddha nature, and we've seen that uh, on the basis uh, level, what we're talking about with uh, Buddha nature are the two networks of positive force and deep awareness, which often called the collection of merit and wisdom, and the conventional and deepest nature of the mind, and also the fact that uh, the mental continuum can be stimulated, so these networks can be stimulated to grow. So on the basis level, these networks give rise to our ordinary samsaric experiences, so samsaric body and uh, samsaric limited mind, so this is because of uh, their being mixed with uh, unawareness of reality, so ignorance. But on the pathway level, we want to try to generate in our meditation, instead of an ordinary body, the body of a Buddha figure, awesome. so-called yidam, which, uh, a Buddha figure, which uh, we either do in our imagination at the beginning stage, uh, or on the advanced so-called complete stage, where everything is complete now to being able to actually generate it from our subtle energy system, then we generate a semblance of a body of a Buddha from our subtle energies. So these uh, bodies of a Buddha figure are much closer to the type of body that we want to attain as a Buddha. So Mm. we practice with them. So that's coming from this uh, network of positive force and the network of deep awareness, we want to generate not confusion, but an understanding of voidness or emptiness, either conceptual or non-conceptual, depending on how advanced we are. And the conventional and deepest natures of the mind, of the mental continuum, allows for this uh, process to occur. And the mental continuum can be stimulated to give rise to this through the process of initiation or empowerment and the relation with the spiritual teacher. And on the resultant level, then from these networks, they transform and give rise to the actual (coughs) bodies of a Buddha, form body and the omniscient mind of a Buddha. And these Buddha figures themselves are very helpful for our progress on the path because each of the arms and faces and legs and all the different figures in the mandala and all the architectural features of the mandala palace itself, they have several levels of what they represent. They represent different aspects of the path, you know, of our insights, of our understanding. So it's a way to weave it all together. So that's a brief review of what we discussed last night. So, as I said, Tantra, therefore, is uh, very, very advanced because how can you weave together all the different insights and understandings and realizations that we have attained without having actually attained them. So, although we might receive initiations uh, prematurely before we actually are ready to put uh, all these different aspects of uh, our sutra training together, nevertheless, we should uh, at least try to put as much together as possible and understand the theory of Tantra. If we look at the Buddha bodies, 
what is uh, explained is that uh, the omniscient mind of a Buddha, the attainment of the omniscient mind of a Buddha, fulfills a Buddha's own purposes, a Buddha's own aims. What is the aim of a Buddha, the goal of a Buddha? His own purposes is to be able to benefit everybody. So that means having an omniscient mind, so that the Buddha knows completely cause and effect. So what are all the factors that have led up to the present situation of each being, and what would be the effect of anything that uh, Buddha might suggest to teach? So Buddha knows what to teach, how to lead others to liberation and enlightenment. So that fulfill, having that type of mind fulfills the Buddha's own purposes. To fulfill the purposes of others, which is to help them to overcome their suffering and uh, limitations, then a Buddha manifests uh, in various form bodies. So we have Nirmanakaya and Sambhogakaya, Tantra, we have a physical body and a speech of a Buddha. So, why would a Buddha manifest in one of these multi-armed, multi-face, multi-legged forms? Buddha can appear in any form. So why would a Buddha appear in this, this type, these type of forms? Think about it. Answer it yourself. I want you to answer it. We shall answer it ourselves. We shall answer. For me to answer all the questions doesn't really help to train your minds. Train your minds, you need to try to figure things out yourself. That's the whole point. Try analytic, you know, think about it, try to figure it out, put things together. Then you get, you know, insight. Develop your minds. Don't just, you know, passively take things in. Actively try to put it together. So here's a fairly straightforward question. Why would you want, would a Buddha want to manifest in these really, from a conventional point of view, weird forms? Why would you want to do that? You want to help others. And you already explained what the purpose is of these figures having all these arms and legs and faces. So why would you manifest in one of these forms as a Buddha? Yeah? I always thought to, to identify, to feel a kind of identification with this form. And if I have all these, uh, so to say, three faces of... Uh, Heads and many arms, I could help so many or every person, and every arm is for one suffering uh, the other. So, I can, if I for instance, a thousand millions arms from Chen Basic, I always felt it's like the in this end part of Donglen, for instance, or uh, it's the same feeling for me, it's, it's just the the way I understood. Right, so you're explaining it from the point of view of a Buddha, that a Buddha can help everybody with all these arms, like a thousand arms of Chenrezy, and that's why Buddha would appear in the form of thousand-armed Chenrezy. Yeah, and all the other uh, forms uh, in their special uh, 
uh, quality. Yeah, the, the uh, if I have a feeling or um, a wish or an imagination, what they mean, yeah, really formed inside of myself. And I, if I see this this picture, it uh, makes this quality pre uh, uh, present in a way. Right. So, and if we see these, since these various forms have a speciality of uh, something that they represent, then it would help us to develop that. But the thing I wanted to say is if the way I understood it. Yeah? Yeah. It's only the way I understood these, these poems. I just tried it myself. I've never had this. <laughs> and, and I watched these pictures and I had this teaching to identify, yeah, so to say it's a picture of my Buddha nature. And so I try to find this feeling or this act in your in your art act. So for instance, Bodhicitta, and I felt yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I it's like if I had so many arms of, of helping, yeah, I it's exactly the feeling I have when I open my heart in the end of online practice. Right. So what she's saying is that if you see some figure like Chenrezig, then you can identify with that, and that uh, since Chenrezig represents compassion, it helps us to identify with and uh, feel that compassion, which is part of the nature of the mind. Right. But what I'm asking, I mean, that's true, what you say, but what I'm asking is, based on what I have explained, why, as a Buddha, would you manifest in these forms. But it doesn't need a thousand arms to help others. But it can help others, you know, with no arms or with a million arms. So why, putting together what I said, what, what we explained, why, how would you fulfill the purposes of others by manifesting in all these different, different forms? Why doesn't a Buddha appear, you know, I mean, a Buddha can appear as a, as, a, as a regular being, you know, a supreme being. You know, there are these type of nirmanakayas. A Buddha can appear as a bridge. Why these forms? And think in terms of basis, path, and result. I think because he thinks it's effective for us. Because it's effective. How is it effective? Yes. It shows so many different aspects. So, because you can't say walk left or walk right, because some people are more on this side or on this side. So, it's like for some people, walk more to the left, or others, walk more to the right, to the middle path. Right. So, you're saying that some people walk to the right, some people walk to the left. So, a Buddha needs to appear in many, many different forms because to suit the dispositions of others. That's the reason why there are so many different ones. But in general, why would a Buddha appear in one of these forms? Do you want to become a Buddha that has four arms or six arms or 34 arms or 24 arms? Is that your whole point? Yeah? Um, I'm not familiar with that practice. Well, it doesn't matter how many arms. I mean, there's lots of different forms with many number of arms. At least when I put myself into that situation, it seems a bit odd. Yes, that's exactly why I'm asking the question. 
It seems a bit odd. Because our mindset has that kind of working, what you explained, um, put things together, what we experience, and um, so everything builds a form. Right. So this is a kind of method to build a form out of that. What's right. And so when I learned what I understood, the sutra, mm -hmm. and I had the compassion, so I put a form together, and that's an effect, maybe. Right. Yeah. Right. No, very good. <laughs> no, very good. She says that when we have studied, you know, sutra and we've, we've, we've done all these things, then we need to have some sort of form to put it together. What I called an infographic. Yeah. Yesterday you were saying about the different symbology. It's also like mentioned, like the Boar Argent Resic has to go measurables or factions. In every form there's meaning. So, yes. Please. Right. So, as we said yesterday, four arms of Chenrezig are the four immeasurables. The six arms in like Guhya Samaja are the six uh, perfections. And it's a way of helping us to generate them, helping sentient beings, limited beings, to generate them. So, it is a way of intensifying the various qualities that we've uh, developed in Sutra. <laughs> so that we can concentrate and put them all together in one mental hologram, one mental state. So a Buddha wants to fulfill the purposes of others. Wants to fulfill his own purposes, you know, so omniscient, wants to fulfill the purposes of others. How do you fulfill the purposes of others? You provide them a path to liberation and enlightenment. You know, and we we talk about method and wisdom, basically usually referred to with those terms. So, wisdom, okay, the omniscient mind of a Buddha, so knows how to help others. Now, method, look at it from two sides. Not only the side of a Buddha, how a Buddha will have a method to help others, but also how others will have a method to be able to attain liberation and enlightenment. That's what Buddha is providing others by manifesting in these forms. Right? So this is what, why, as a Buddha, we would want to manifest in these forms. It provides a pathway for others to be able to put together all the various insights that they've gained in Sutra, and also because that then, with this type of form, can transform into the body of a Buddha. So how? Is the next question. And a Buddha, of course, as, as one of you said, will appear in you know, all these different, different forms because different people will have different dispositions and emphasizing compassion or emphasizing clarity of mind or the measurables or the perfections. Each person needs to work primarily, has to work on all of it, but... One or another of these aspects might be more needed at the point of where they are now. So, I don't want to continue arising in a body which is limited and <clears throat> gets old and sick and dies and all of that. Aside from the fact that, of course, we're going to need to manifest in these sort of bodies to actually interact with others. But not one that's generated out of ignorance. So we want to manifest in a type of body that can become the body of a Buddha. Based on compassion, 
driven by compassion, not by selfishness, and uh, <laughs> by understanding of voidness, not by ignorance. So, we would generate then a body, you know, what ultimate through non samsaric methods. So, that means that uh, ultimately, as is explained in uh, Tantra, that uh, the body of a Buddha is generated out of the subtlest energy of the mental continuum. So, we want to go in that direction of accessing that subtlest energy. So, first step, imagination. Second step, subtle energy. That's the energy that goes through the channels and so on in the body, the chakras, all of that sort of stuff. And then ultimately, the subtlest level of this energy. That will then transform into the actual physical body of a Buddha. So as a Buddha, we want to provide this pathway to others. So on all these different levels, it will be easier for them not easier. It'll be more efficient for them. It's not easy. Never think that it's easy. It's never easy. But it's more efficient for them to be able to achieve enlightenment more quickly, liberation and enlightenment more quickly. That's why, as a Buddha, we would manifest in all these seemingly weird forms. And as a practitioner, we want to use these forms not only to help us attain enlightenment, which fulfills our own purposes, but also then to be able to manifest in all these various different forms to help others. So, in order to practice Tantra with any level of success, we need to overcome this obstacle of thinking that this is really weird. You know, the... Seven Gems of the Aryas, very important teaching, which we won't go into great detail since that would take a very long time. The first of these, usually translated as faith, terrible translation, it is confidence that you believe based on reason and understanding that the teachings of the Buddha make sense and they are correct. So we need this in order to be able to practice not only sutra, but tantra as well. You have to have confidence and understanding that, yes, this is a perfectly rational system of infographics, basically, to be able to put everything together and work with you know, things that are much closer, forms that are much closer to the type of body that I want to attain as a Buddha. So it makes perfect sense. It's not weird. Very sophisticated. Okay? So, think of that for a moment. In the manner in which we discussed yesterday. So, an understanding. Review it in your mind. And... Stay focused on that understanding. And you do that by having some focal object. So you can have a focal object, for instance, of forearm chenrezig. 
You know what that looks like. Just represent that understanding. Then, you know, you focus on that with understanding of why. As a Buddha, you would want to manifest in this way and how that would help others. It would fulfill the purposes of others. And then we, as you know, the sentient beings, can use that and work with that. Okay. You have questions? Yeah. So the question is uh, as a Buddha, we can manifest in uh, any form. Does a Buddha actually manifest as a Chenrezig or you know, Avalokiteshvara, or is this just something that's coming from our Buddha nature? Are these just pictures? How do, what does it actually mean that a Buddha manifests in these forms? Well, remember that uh, the uh, conventional nature of mental activity is giving rise to holograms, mental holograms, and giving rise to and some cognitive engagement. That's what's going on with mental activity. So our mental activity, Buddha's mental activity, same. So for ordinary beings, not ordinary beings, for sentient beings, than limited beings. What is uh, being uh, arising? The mental holograms are coming from karmic potential. Right? So karmic potential ripens in the actual physical form that we appear in, manifest in, a rebirth state, also what we encounter and how we respond, right? Basic teachings on karma. 
right? I'm speaking in general. Let's not get complicated with arhats and stuff like that. What's happening with them? So, mental holograms that are arising, this physical body in which I'm born in, and all the appearances in terms of what I see, what I hear, what I smell, taste, etc. All of that coming from karmic potential, not in a Chittimatra sense, but interacting with external circumstances as well, you know, dependent arising, Madhyamaka style. Okay. So now, as a Buddha, the mechanism is going to be the same in terms of the arising of mental holograms. However, it's not going to be driven by karmic potential or karmic habits. There's two levels. Those are two different things. It's not one or the other. So, a mental activity of an omniscient mind it works the same as any mental activity, giving rise to mental holograms. So yeah. one is, you know, the actual form that a Buddha appears in, and this will be in response to circumstances. So a Buddha will appear in whatever form is of benefit to others. So it's driven not by the compulsiveness of, you know, your karmic tendencies, but purely out of compassion. And, of course, wisdom, so it knows what, you know, how to appear. Not just compulsively appearing in some selfish type of way, self-centered type of way. So, Buddha is like a sun. Sun in the sky. You know, we have this in uh, the Uttara Tantra. This uh, sutra text, the furthest everlasting stream. It's the same word, Tantra talking about Buddha nature. So there it describes the so-called Buddha activity, that a Buddha is like a sun. Sun shines, doesn't have to make any conscious effort. The sun shines, and whoever is receptive enough to come into the sunlight benefits from the sun. Sun doesn't say, you know, oh, I'm going to benefit, I'm going to shine on this one, or I'm going to shine on that one. Sun just shines. So Buddha emanates these countless forms. So Buddha's doing this all the time. Well, only certain Buddhas will teach Tantra. So, okay, Buddha's doing this. Shakyamuni taught Tantra. Yeah. I mean, there's only certain Buddhas in the the thousand of the Sian that will teach Tantra. So Shakyamuni is one of them. But, as it says in the Sutra teachings, that the sun by itself isn't strong enough not that it's not strong enough, but uh, in order to cause fire in someone, you need a magnifying glass to magnify this, you know, so that a filter. So that's the guru, that's the spiritual teacher. So through the spiritual teacher, the tantric master, then we become introduced to these Buddha figures. Lineage masters and an actual one that gives you the empowerment, the initiation. Imagine the tantric master that's giving you the initiation in the form of the yidam. Okay, now, bodhicitta. What is bodhicitta? Bodhicitta is a 
mind, which is focused on our own individual enlightenments, not Buddha's enlightenment, not enlightenment in general, our own individual specific enlightenment, which has not yet happened, but which can happen on the basis of our Buddha nature factors, the two networks, right? So we can impute the not yet happening enlightenment on the basis of causes, right? When there's enough potential built up, right? When these two networks are strengthened to the point where they will give rise to our enlightenment. But it's not yet happened. And driven by compassion, love, compassion, exceptional resolve, right? Then we're focused on that not yet happening enlightenment with the intention to attain it and the intention, because of compassion, to benefit everybody by means of it. That's bodhicitta. And how is that not yet happening enlightenment represented in a physical form? Idam, Buddha figure. So, picture this. You have sun, and it's shining, you know, so all these chenrezis coming out. And then you have the magnifying glass of the guru. And through that, the chenrezi comes to their mental continuum, right, an in, in initiation and in empowerment, and your networks there are stimulated so that uh, it can give rise to, at least in your imagination, something representing your not yet happening enlightenment. And now you can visualize yourself as Chen Raisi. It gives us some stimulation. Otherwise, you know, you never heard of Chen Raisi. You just saw some picture and thought, oh, you know, piece of art. Nothing more. Do you get that image? So it's not that Buddha is coming down, you know, with his thousand arms and, you know, helping us. Not like that. Much more sophisticated. I think sun, magnifying glass, a mental continuum, Buddha nature, but we can impute, you know, way down on the Buddha, you know, on that continuum, not yet happening enlightenment. Can happen. It's not inevitable. We have to put in a lot of, of force for there to be a presently happening enlightenment. But it can be imputed on the causes now if all the circumstances are complete. So, Buddha, sunlight, rays of, of light, you know, in the form of, of Chenrezi, Tara, through the magnifying class of the Guru, onto our mental continuum, and from that potential, then, boop, pops up. Now we can imagine ourselves as a form of Chenrezi. And in this way, the enlightening influence, activity of the Buddha helps us, because now we have a method to put things together and to attain a body of a Buddha, a physical body of a Buddha, that can likewise help others in the same way. And already is like, you know, an illusion. 
is not so solid. So whether you can make a, a pictogram out of that in your mind or just put it together with words, doesn't matter how we represent it in order to focus on it, but try to get this idea of what's happening, of how these idoms work, how it functions. So, in Tantra practice, when we imagine ourselves in the form of one of these figures, as we say, you know, mantra, we imagine that light goes out from us like the sun, and on the tips of all the rays of light that go out, you know, are all the little forms of the, you know, whatever figure we are, Chenrezig or whatever, and they benefit all beings. So this is what it's talking about. You can do that on a simple form that it, you know, feeds everybody and gives them a house and stuff like that. But you can also think of that in a, in a more basic, not basic, but, a, but in the form of teaching them, providing a method for them to attain liberation and enlightenment. So it fulfills worldly purposes, food, clothing, etc., and the higher purposes. So try to focus on this understanding. You can use this image that we described with the sun, etc. Either in front of us, or if we have actually received an initiation, then ourselves as the sun. Imagining that we are that not yet attained enlightenment. I mean, we know that it's not yet happening, but we imagine that it is.
So let's take our break and then we'll continue.